0: If you'd like to become a professional podcaster like myself, go to howtopodcastbetterthananyone.teachable.com Brian Thomas Vargo was a 20-year-old from Houston, Texas. He loved math, but was also a passionate writer. On March 9, 1976... Brian said he was getting the title to his car in Austin, Texas, then heading back to Colorado, where the vehicle had broken down. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Densel, and this is Unfound. college. It's supposed to be a fantastic time of four years or more of late teens and early 20-somethings learning how to live on their own, taking responsibility for the future through their education, and maybe even meeting that special someone who can be a companion for life. Hey, none of that happened for me, but this is not the time to get into that. Yet, statistics show this is a dangerous time for that same group as well. If a woman is going to be raped, if young people are going to get into drugs, or are going to start showing signs of mental health issues, this is the time. That age range of 18 to 23. And just thinking of Unfound's own disappearances off the top of my head, These are some of the cases that could be seen to be connected to being in a university atmosphere. Susie Lyle, Joshua Guimond, Jennifer Wilkerson, Kristen Montefiore, Mara Murray, Jason Landry. Like I said, that is just a partial list. Well, with the disappearance of Brian Vargo, we run into this phenomenon again. College student goes missing. What exactly happened during his spring break away? And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Linez's website Charlieproject.org. Brian Vargo came from a very good family, with his parents and siblings all being high achievers. Brian was kind of an intellectual himself. He loved math formulas. However, as you will hear, Brian was a passionate writer, and you can see some of his words on Unfound's website. Brian was a hard worker and bought his first new car when he was only 18. He went to college and was on the dean's list. However, there were some issues. Brian ended up wrecking that new car not long after he got it. He spent 30 days in jail in the summer of 1975 due to marijuana possession, and his grades had started to dip at the University of Texas. So, in March 1976, Brian had talked about taking a self-guided trip of Colorado during spring break. Just he himself alone despite that he now had a car which was not in the greatest shape. Yet, seemingly, that's what Brian did. But on March 9th, 1976, just a couple days into this trip, Brian appeared at his parents' house in Houston. He said his car had broken down in Colorado, and he needed the title. Presumably, Brian went to his college apartment to get it. Several days later, someone, allegedly a mechanic, called Brian's father about the car, saying it was still at his shop in Colorado, meaning Brian never made it back there. He was never seen again. Neither was his car. An eventual search of Brian's place did not reveal the car title. However, Brian's wallet was there. His roommates tried to be helpful with Brian's family back then, and even now in 2023. But really, they have no answers. Brian's disappearance was off everybody's radar, except for his family's, due to the missing persons report not being filed until 2021. Yes, really. And not being entered onto NamUs until February 2023. Please remember that as you try to answer these three questions during the interview. Number one, why didn't Brian just have the car title mailed to Colorado? Number two, does a letter from a girl reveal where Brian might have been headed instead of Colorado? And number three, why did it take 45 years for an industrious family member to finally come along? to discover Brian was not a college student anymore in March 1976, despite him still being on the University of Texas campus. Brian's family is open to any and all possibilities regarding his disappearance. The guest for this episode is Brian's niece, Amanda Watkamps. Unfound news. I decided to make the most recent episode of Found available to everyone on YouTube. I go through the disappearance to discovery of the Titanic, which is a timely topic these days. Please, if you like the content, support Unfound at either Patreon or YouTube. Next, June's episode of Unfound Now just came out for Patreon ...and YouTube supporters. I analyzed the April 20th, 2023 disappearance of Andrew France from Kansas City, Missouri. This episode will be available to everyone sometime in early July. Finally, Isaac Moy has been found guilty of second-degree murder in the disappearance of Unique Harris. The verdict occurred on June 23rd, 2023. Unfortunately, unique is still missing. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound, the niece of Brian Vargo, Amanda Watkamps. Amanda, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Let's start here as we usually do when we have family, family members on uh, Unfound to do an interview. Exactly, you're the niece. So how exactly is your mother, father, sister brother of Brian maybe we need to go there first
1: um my father is Brian's uh older brother there were five kids Brian is uh number four and my father is number two
0: okay so there was a sibling between them yes okay and how many boys and girls were
1: there uh there were three boys two girls so uh, boy, number one, boy, number two, girl, number one, but that's sibling number three. <laughs>
0: okay. Yes. Right.
1: Um, and then Brian. Okay. And, then, um, a little sister.
0: Okay. Very good. All right. And just off the top of your head, roughly what is the age difference between oldest and youngest just off the t- top of your head, the best you can do.
1: Um, 20 years.
0: Wow pretty 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 long kind of like between me and my sister diane it's the same thing about 20 years okay mm-hmm. so i can relate to that very good and how many years difference between your your father and brian 10 <laughs> 10 years all right so not close right not close they were not even though there's sibling it's still they weren't separated by like three years so like one is like a junior in high school one with being eighth grade in fact your your father was into his 20s before brian ever became a teenager i guess something like yeah. that okay very good all right so we got five siblings uh, three boys two girls your father uh is brian's older brother okay and one of you you know of course you were not around at that time back in the 1970s what is your father or anybody else told you kind of the general atmosphere of the vargo uh, house. What was going on there in the 1970s what would you how would you describe the family as best as you can tell
1: well um everybody was in different phases of their lives (laughs) um the vargo if you were standing in um the vargo house there would be probably a lot of comings and goings um let's see brian graduated high school in 74 so while he was of course there was a little bit more comings and goings and then as Mm -hmm. um you know each subsequent child got older they stopped coming around as much (laughs) um but at the same time um my my father was there my oldest sis my older sister was little um mm-hmm. she was the first grandchild um and then my um relatives from cleveland ohio would would come and they would stay for months um it was kind of like that
0: <laughs> okay and uh parents married brian's parents married at the t- let's just say at the time of his disappearance were they married yes yes okay and what did they do Well. what, what what uh, businesses, or one was one stay at a home, or what was the situation? Uh,
1: my grandmother, uh, yes, stayed at home, and my grandfather um, ran and owned a restaurant called the Black Angus in Houston, oh. Texas.
0: Ooh, it sounds like a steak restaurant. Am I right?
1: Uh, yes. Ooh, that <laughs>
0: sounds that sounds delicious. I love uh, I love steak. I'm a huge steak guy. All right, so the restaurant. Uh, Of course, that can be a very competitive, very busy, very labor-intensive business. Other like were the children, older children, raised to like follow in their father's footsteps, or to kind of continue the business, or or what? Uh,
1: No, I wouldn't say so. My father did end up going into the restaurant business, yes, and actually owns the Black Angus. um, You know, as the years went on, Um, but. No, he was not. None of them were specifically raised to go into the restaurant business. Sure, they may have helped out. And of course, they were offered jobs to, to work in the restaurant if they wanted and earn money and stuff. But yeah, they weren't specifically like, hey, you're going to take this place over when, I, when I'm done. Okay.
0: That's interesting. I have to ask because my the, my mother's side of the family was in the car business for over 60 years. And it was started by my grandfather and his brothers and then their children got involved and then my cousin Ron got involved and then I was involved for a while and then I moved to Las Vegas. So that's I was just wondering if it, it doesn't sound like it was like that. Okay. Right. Um, all right. And so they uh, fathers in the restaurant business. You have five kids, Brian, uh, one of the youngest. So just overall, the the Vargo family kind of the, the uh, would you say like amongst the kids, the way you understand it, all kind of the same personality or kind of more diverse? What would you say?
1: <laughs> um, from my understanding, uh, I-, I would say that the, um, even in the seventies, their choices and actions kind of, they, they still hold true to their personalities.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: um uh, we'll go with my my uh, oldest uncle, which would be child number one. He mm-hmm. was in the, in the seminary at some point. Decided that the uh, Catholic organization or whatever it mm-hmm. it was not hands on enough to helping and serving people. Wow. And he wanted politics in in getting down to the nitty gritty to help somebody. Mm-hmm. So he ended up. Um, uh, getting a degree or moving to uh Holland or um so- somewhere like that in Europe and then going to India and wow. then he joined UNICEF so he continued helping people like that. Um and then my father uh joined the military right away when he could and went to Vietnam. He was in the Marines and wow. his what he he always says when he went to the post office as a child, there was you know the the cardboard cutout of a marine in the in the post office. And it was his dream to wear that uniform
0: Thanks.
1: my um number three, my aunt, she uh, went to college and became a teacher. and um then the youngest also went to college and became a teacher and is still a teacher.
0: Okay. All right. And I, I one more thing before we get to Brian excu- exclusively exclusively, um, did uh, Brian's parents live long enough for you to know them, or at least did you know your grandparents very well uh, or did you get to know them? Of course, some die young. Uh, did you get to know them very well?
1: Uh, so, I was still quite young i i guess i was 18 mm-hmm. uh when my grandfather died okay. uh, but no i w- wouldn't say i knew him very well he was okay. not much of a talker <laughs> okay. he was more uh introverted which will become a, a common thread mm-hmm. in the coming story but right. yes he was he was uh introvert and didn't really talk too much unless in, You had tried to engage him and um, he was a, I guess, I would say a personality of like an accountant, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, very detail and numbers oriented, uh, kept of things.
0: Um, And what about your uh, grandmother?
1: um and my grandfather or my grandmother is the talker she loves to talk and very social um and
0: is she still alive
1: <laughs> yes she is still alive wow
0: okay
1: um she is uh over a hundred uh well wow she is a hundred but she's in the months past a hundred
0: <laughs> okay let's talk about brian of course you did not know him personally I but what have, what have you uh, been told about him maybe from your dad maybe from your grandmother what have you learned about him Interests, hobbies personality and we'll get into his education in a bit but just those things maybe like kind of early teenage type of stuff
1: um interests hobbies personalities uh or personality <laughs> um he uh my my grandmother will say he was always doing math in his head, talking about numbers, jotting down, like, calculations on paper.
0: What does your dad said about him? You know, his interactions with him. Of course, they're 10 years in difference, but what kind of interaction did your father say? When he thinks about Brian, you know, what does he say?
1: Um, he was still a little kid to my dad. Okay. So, the age difference really is is apparent.
0: <laughs> okay, um,
1: and that they they didn't really know each other that well.
0: Okay, because- maybe understanding. You know, if he went to the military and went to Vietnam, Brian's getting older. He's doing his own thing. Of course, Brian did not go to the military, so yeah, there's going to be a separation there. Mm-hmm and i have to ask at time of brian's disappearance was your father still in the military had he gotten out do you even know Uh,
1: i believe at this time he would have gotten out i believe my father would have gotten out in 70s
0: okay okay all right so um he's uh likes calculations are we then to believe that Uh, Brian kind of a very smart guy did well in school thinking about math equations and things like that. So he did well in school. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, he did very well in school. Um, Very smart. He made the dean's list his freshman year of uh, college at UT.
0: Okay, was he uh, what kind of. uh, I don't know if he was into sports was he into hunting or any anything physical activities that you've ever been told about and you know kind of trying to get him to to know him a little bit better uh maybe he was into cars too
1: so in his box of stuff which is just an accumulation of the things that were left in um from his apartment and then the stuff from you know how if your parents would still own the house that you left from, You're stu- yeah. you still have a room, your stuff yeah. is still in your room and it's kind of just sitting there. Yes, yeah, <laughs> frozen either- in time.
0: Yes, I, I know yeah, the feeling. Still- I know that, yeah. You
1: kind of go back and either get it or uh they say hey we don't want this stuff anymore it's yours so so for him it was just the stuff that was left in his room. so um in in that box that i was speaking of there are tons of ribbons from uh like archery or uh, like going to camp uh i think he was a lifeguard um Mm -hmm yeah things like
0: that interesting okay what about friends uh outgoing guy
1: um so they used to do you know boy stuff uh digging in a creek and a a snake um riding bikes playing basketball you know just things like
0: that. 1970s stuff just 1970s stuff before video games and instagram and TikTok and everything else and selfies right okay Uh, my
1: my grandmother um and my or i should say my grandparents had a pool table um on their in their second story and the guys used to come and hang out and play pool
0: okay i had a pool table in my house as well so i know i know a little bit about that okay you've already mentioned he went uh university of texas correct? University yes. of Texas. Um, how did he decide to go there? We know there are a lot of universities in Texas it was because he was close. Do you know anything about that, how he chose to go there?
1: I don't know exactly uh, how or why he chose to go there, uh, but I do know that his close friends were were going there as well. And um, I believe a friend's dad actually had talked to him about what he should go in 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 college. And he was very interested in engineering. Okay. Because of the number side,
0: right? Absolutely, And that's it. That is a good school for engineering, of course. Okay, and I know that he had a job at some point working at a Safeway. You've sent me pictures. Uh, I think you even sent me a picture, maybe of his name tag or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, how long did he have that job? Do you what do you know about that? Did he just do that during the summer? Or was that all the time? What do you know?
1: uh I believe that he did that job all the time, and sometimes he would be there after clothes because he was a stalker
0: mm-hmm.
1: um s-t-o-c-k-e-r
0: not s-t-a-l-k-e-r thank you very much a stalker yes please
1: that's right please continue um, <laughs> and so he was there after clothes and would do that and i do have to also mention it fits in well with the hours of uh, that my grandparents generally kept owning a restaurant you you come home late and then um both of them were my grandparents are are and were night owls so
0: it just fit in
1: with the whole thing
0: (laughs) right right okay and at that time uh we'll get up to like the the school time but at the time in 19 around the time of his disappearance at home who was actually living at home we know that He had roommates and everything but who was actually living in the vargo house uh at the time of his disappearance of course the parents any other children living at home
1: yes uh the his little sister was living at home um and i which would have been uh brian's aunt Mm mhm was staying long term a couple months oh, okay at the time of his disappearance
0: okay and just being that you uh live in uh live in, uh, in Texas how far was it from where your parent your grandparents were living to the university of texas where just in driving time just roughly hours or minutes three hours. Or, how many 3 3 oh, not three. not so not very close that 3 hours Right. Okay. I, very I suppose
1: good. that's not very close to some people, but yes. in Texas, that's not that far. <laughs> right.
0: I've, I've driven across Texas a few times, so I know, what you're, I know what you're saying. You have to remember, Texas has two different time zones. Okay. Uh, moving on to this, this is something we're not going to focus on too much, but we do have to talk about it. He had a run-in with the law. Um, what is your understanding? You've shown me some paperwork. We've talked about it. Of course, the listeners know I talk to, you, um, guests at least once in on the phone and we have maybe exchanges through email sometimes before we ever do an official interview. You've told me about this situation. What is your understanding of it? Just the generalities of it. Um, what can you say?
1: I can say that. I don't believe that my grandmother knew that he was arrested at that time okay and she definitely didn't know what it was for if he if he had known um and when i had mentioned after i found out about it she says she had mentioned that somebody may have told her that he had been arrested but she did like i said she doesn't remember anybody saying what why
0: okay all right, and this this though wasn't near to his disappearance time. This was like a couple years before.
1: Well, so it would have been in this the summer before he went missing. Okay, and he went missing in the springtime.
0: Right, March of nineteen seventy six is when he went missing. So you're thinking uh, middle of nineteen seventy five. You know, I guess in my world that's not very close, but. Sure. It's within the within the year of his disappearance, you know, within a year of nearness to his disappearance. Okay. And what was the, it was a driving issue, but there were extenuating circumstances that maybe we can talk about, uh, that he got, he was going the wrong way on a road, correct?
1: Yes. I believe it was a, a neighborhood road. It may be bigger now than it was then. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty affluent neighborhood okay that he was in um okay. so i i and when it says he was going down the wrong way i'm not sure if there was a line down the middle of the road is what i'm saying okay. especially back in the I 70s you. i got you all <laughs> um, right yeah. i don't i don't know whether it was more like well he was driving on the wrong side of the road and some other you know Peculiar behaviors. I, I don't know what those may have been, but <laughs> that's what it just says in the um on the citation is driving down the wrong side of the road.
0: All right, and I guess what we're saying it's not like he was out on a highway somewhere, you know, going seventy miles an hour the wrong way. Like we know these wrong way crashes are happening all the time, especially here in the Tampa area. And you know, he's putting other people's lives in danger or something. This was on a residential street, but he ended up getting pulled over. And could there have been alcohol involved or the way you have read uh, the report, what do you think about that?
1: So the way that I read my the report is a little different than um, some, I, I guess, letters or writings, but okay. I do want to mention that this was 2.30 in the morning.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: Um, that, that he received these citations and, and was arrested. So there's a letter. It looks like it was written to somebody, maybe he never sent it or maybe it was a scratch copy, okay. not sure. Um he mentions that he had been drinking before uh, the arrest and talks about waking up in the morning and expecting to be charged with being drunk but in fact he wasn't charged with being drunk he was charged with possession of marijuana zero to two ounces and uh driving on the wrong side of the road
0: okay all right and so um did he lose his license uh anything like that you know I don't know if that would be enough to lose your license but do you know about that any ideas
1: I, I do not have any evidence that he was, uh, that he lost his license. No, he did have probation. And I believe he served 30 days in jail from wow. what the paperwork says. Wow. Uh, I believe somewhere in there, it says time served 30 days.
0: Okay. I the don't way-
1: know Consecutive days. Ooh. And um, I have no evidence of when he would have served those days but i can say that he would have been able to serve that time Mm
0: -hmm.
1: before school resumed uh the fall semester
0: the fall of 1975 that's a very good point so he didn't miss any school because of this correct correct okay but you did say that your grandmother his mother who is still alive uh was not aware that this happened correct okay um once again you've been working on this well we're going to get into that in a moment but did you get a feeling like for your father or any of the other siblings or any did anybody else know that this has happened or is this something that was exposed after he went missing the best as best as you can tell here in the 21st century
1: i believe that no one else knew at the time my grandfather may have i don't have any evidence and nobody nobody knows if anybody has found out since his disappearance it's through um asking for paperwork or asking questions
0: right from okay. the police
1: or what things like that
0: all right so at the time of his disappearance your general idea would be that the family did not know about this uh this thing that happened in 1975 in which he spent some time in jail the general idea is that his family your your family didn't know right all right very good i'm gonna ask you these are of course questions that are on the outline that you have in front of you i'm just gonna go through these questions and then what i want to talk about amanda is just your involvement how you got involved in all this because you have a ton of information you've sent me early these questions for early 1976. How were things? Your understanding. How were things going for him at the University of Texas, as far as his drag grades, getting along with everybody? What have you been able to tell?
1: Uh, well, his grades from freshman year, as I said, he had made the the dean's list. Okay. Um, and he actually would have received the letter stating that he made the dean's list after he um i got out of jail
0: okay so interesting timing there i guess
1: (laughs) right i actually have the letter and it is dated august 8th 1975 and he would have been arrested on i want to say it's july the very last day of july
0: All right, so we got not too many Dean's lists of people going to jail, I'm going to guess, even in the 21st century. So that is interesting. So things were going well for him in jail. Making the Dean's list, that's more than I did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And what is your understanding, though, about his next semester? I guess his sophomore year, of course, going into that fall semester. Do we know anything about his grades for that time?
1: Yes, and I will also tell you that I have his report cards.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And generally, was he doing was he still doing well, Uh, because we're going to get to the spring semester, but the fall semester of 75, uh, just in general, how was he was he doing? Would he still have made the dean's list?
1: I believe his his grades were slipping. They were. Oh, they were not A's and B's as they were before, but more like A's, B's, C's, D's. (laughs) Okay. Uh, He he was, uh, of course, it was going up and down.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. Um, Where was he living at the time of his disappearance? Uh, he, uh, He was living on campus or near campus for the University of Texas, correct?
1: Yes, he was living off of campus, but near campus.
0: Okay. And you don't have to say their names, but was he living with people he just met at school or were these guys like from high school that he had known for a long time? Do you know?
1: i do and i've I've spoken with both of them um so one of them was a close friend that he had been friends with throughout high school and i believe he was also a roommate uh one of the roommates in the dorm during freshman year um they continued to room uh sophomore year uh in a, in this apartment. And then the other guy was, um, also from the same high school. Um, I believe he said that they didn't know each other in high school. They met in college, didn't know each other real well, but they all three seemed to have the same like goal study habits.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they were all headed in the the same direction (laughs) okay and uh, that's why they they chose to uh room together
0: okay what is uh you've spoken to them what do they remember about back at that time of course before the disappearance how were the three of them all getting together how was the college experience going i have to admit that some of my roommates were not that great in college but what about how were these three guys getting along from what these these two say
1: um from what they remember they got along just fine um one of them did say that or right around the time of the disappearance again this is relative Mm -hmm. um, in the couple months before (laughs) um he disappeared that he had gotten angry angry with brian because brian was wasn't cleaning up his dishes which was unusual and that he took all of brian's dishes that were sitting next to the sink or whatever and put them on his bed
0: oh my (laughs) and
1: brian came and apologized to him um but that was pretty much the only tiff that i've I've really they've said heard about they were there
0: and they were there okay moving on Brian had his own car, uh, bought it himself, uh, ever have any problems with it? Of course, this car is going to become an important part a little later. But what do you know about this car?
1: So um, his first vehicle was a Toyota. And he bought that brand new from wow. the dealership uh, with his money from Safeway. Okay. Um, and... I have the, like, title and paperwork, financial paperwork from the dealership about that vehicle, it's and monster, no, not the not the first one, and he wrecked it in, I believe, the summer of, that would have been 74, and I don't believe he even had it for a whole year at the time. Okay. And that would, he would have, he would have totaled it.
0: Okay. And so and he,
1: he ended up getting money from that vehicle and in the spring of 75 buying a Mazda RX2. Okay.
0: All right. So, and he had this car not too long, I guess before he had it started the had this problem with police r- driving on the other side of the road so these are all exactly. kind of close to uh, each other
1: so he was arrested and uh, cited mm-hmm. for driving on the wrong side of the road in the Mazda RX mm-hmm
0: very good thank you okay do we know anything specific about him wrecking this other car was it his fault did somebody run into him was he going too fast just in general what kind of wreck was this do you even know uh
1: I do know there's a diagram on the back of the, okay the, um, of, of the streets that were um that he was driving on mm-hmm. uh I do believe it was his fault.
0: Okay.
1: When I've asked my mom, my, which again, my mom is not the direct relative of Brian. My my mom had a lot more interactions with Brian in those later years because my mom was, was at home um, with my sister. And um, so Brian would stop by and you know, just to get out of his parents' house or whatever. Uh, but my mom would say that Brian was in a lot of accidents.
0: <laughs> okay. So maybe he wasn't a good driver. Maybe he was going too fast. Maybe he was doing more, maybe more drinking and driving or maybe marijuana and driving than we knew. There's a lot of possibilities. Right. Okay. All right. Thank you. Any women in his life that you've been able to tell an early, like a girlfriend, we're going to get to these couple of letters from women. But any actual girlfriend who kind of like another University of Texas student, somebody from his hometown, anything like that.
1: Nobody that I could, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? In- infer. Okay. <laughs> I suppose the the talking in letters um, throughout his life. None of them seem serious enough. And and, or consistent enough for them to be actual girlfriends, just um, as we would say now, uh, you know, somebody you were talking to, you were getting to, or I I guess back in the old days. just hanging out. Yeah, maybe they would have called it courting. (laughs)
0: Okay. All right. And maybe you should ask you this, when talking to his former roommates, they never mention any women coming over to see Brian, you know, nothing like that. Okay, no, very good.
1: It was mostly just a, a group of guys. One of them had a girlfriend, but n- none of the others had any girlfriends at that at this time.
0: Okay, very good. How much interaction, once again, you're understanding you've already stated that maybe Brian was talking a lot more to, I guess, his sister-in-law than he was to you, his brother, who was your father. Um uh what kind of interaction, how often, the best you can tell, was he talking to his family? Did he make it back to the Houston area to their house very often, or the specific neighborhood very often, or was this? He's at Safeway. He's living at this apartment near the University of Texas campus, three hours away. What have you been told about this?
1: So he wasn't working at Safeway that I, at UT or around Austin. Okay. And as for getting back to Houston, I have tried to find evidence of how often he was going back there, and to be honest, I I cannot find evidence that says he went back very often. Okay. Um, And the evidence that I have shows that he only went there um, once since from January seventy six to when he went missing. March. And that was in February.
0: All right. Okay. Um, I should ask you this, going back to his car, his, uh, his getting, uh, these charges once again, that he had to spend 30 days in jail. Where did that happen? Did that happen near where his parents lived or did that happen where he was going to school? Near where he was going? I was school? in Houston. It was in Houston. Okay. In general, as best as you can tell, coming up to March of 1976, We don't have a specific date here necessarily for his disappearance. Can you tell anybody worried about Brian at all? Uh, We know that his grades may be dipped. Maybe nobody knew about that. But, you know, the way he was acting, the things that he was saying, anybody from your father, of course, your mother had talked to him, these roommates. Was anybody worried about him in March of 1976? In March of
1: 1976, do not believe that people were worried about him no there was mention of him you know maybe getting restless at school maybe getting a little burnt out and wanting to take a break but that wasn't anything that especially in the 70s uh people were too concerned about and (laughs) there his his roommates being able to look back, yeah. will say that there were a few red flags that should have raised some concerns, but nothing to the extent of disappearing or suicide or okay. anything like that
0: all right. And we have to remember Brian was twenty years old. Uh, no matter what era we're talking about, 20 year olds can be a little unpredictable. So right. we have to keep that. I mean, he's not this is not a 40 year old we're talking about. OK, um, let's move to we're going to talk about spring break of 1976. Then I want to talk about how you got involved in this. And Then we'll go to the official story for his disappearance. Uh, you've spoken to these roommates. What was their understanding about Brian's plans for spring break of 1976 in March? What have they said?
1: Uh, Do they they even remember? So if I remember correctly, they both went back to Houston uh, during spring break. Some of the, so again, I had said that there was like a group of guy friends. Um, I think that one of them had stayed around uh, and continued to work in Austin, but his apartment wasn't near Brian's. So I've talked to several of the guys in this group of Great. friends. Spectacular.
0: Um, and did Brian ever say, well, you know, because um, we're going to get to this, I'm going to Colorado. I'm going to Wyoming. I'm going back to Houston. I'm going to California. I'm going to Fort Lauderdale, Daytona Beach for spring break. Did Brian, do they remember? Of course, it's, you know, it's almost 50 years now. But do they remember that Brian ever said anything specific? Right. So
1: everybody in that group knew that brian was going to go to colorado and they want express expressed it as a self-guided tour of colorado i asked if they remember if brian was going to meet somebody there if he was going there for a certain reason was there an event and everybody just said he it it was like a self-guided tour he just wanted to go explore colorado
0: all right and you're in is uh, so what just to be clear on this once again you've spoken to these people i've not but you've spoken to them very recently though um they didn't say i'm going to meet jane doe in colorado i'm going to denver i'm going to durango colorado i'm going nothing like that it was just a self-guided tour by himself
1: according to his friends it was yeah. a self-guided tour to colorado but the story from my grandmother and what my aunt remembers my grandmother saying when she asked where Brian was, uh, was that he was going to Colorado to a dude ranch to meet a friend that was working there.
0: Okay. But no specific
1: dude ranch, no specific town, no area has been mentioned.
0: Okay. And we're going to come back to that. All right. So he did talk about Colorado. This is not something that is like revisionist history or something that has seeped into the story over the years. We have proof that before he went missing, he, the, the words Colorado had come out of his mouth.
1: Um, I, I wouldn't say that it's proof. I don't have any evidence that he Says he went there. I don't have no. We're just going documents. by what the, these it's people the have no. Yeah.
0: Yes. these people have no reason to lie. I guess is what we're saying. And they said Colorado, right? Okay, very good. um During the spring break. So is this a situation you're understanding that he just directly left from University of Texas to go to Colorado, or did he have to go to Houston and get some things to go, or what?
1: No, for my understanding, is he directly left from UT from okay. his apartment
0: okay very good we're now going to kind of get away from the disappearance for a second to just talk now about you Amanda now that we've set this all up everybody can tell she's been talking to a lot of people over the years working on this even tracking down the roommates from almost 50 years ago which I think is really impressive work speaking to her grandmother speaking to her father her mother about all of this all these people who had an interaction with Brian back in the 1970s given that Amanda never knew Brian How did you, how long have you been working on this? When did you get involved in this? When did this become a priority in your life, Amanda?
1: I would say two (laughs) is when it became a priority. Um, And I really started going beneath the surface of just asking general questions from my family. So um, calling, people calling entities trying to find evidence of certain things yeah that's that all started in 2021.
0: Wow so a couple years ago so so then my understanding then is like for example the roommates you've spoken to those roommates just within the last couple years yes wow very impressive and everybody should know we're doing this interview on June 23rd of 2023 this episode uh, we'll be actually coming out a week from now on June 30th of 2023. Uh, all right. So how did you decide to do what What made 2021 the year? Of course, maybe you've known about Brian's disappearance. You're in the family for several, several years. Why was it 2021? Why that year? Right in the middle of COVID, I might add. Was that the reason maybe it's for some free time or something or what?
1: Yeah, th- that was actually one of the reasons is that I before covid we were avid library users we would go to the library every single week and have come back with a big box of books and then return them the next week and so there wasn't there wasn't anywhere to go to yeah. to do the things that and so sitting at home that was that was a big reason Uh, There was a lot of computer and screen usage and kind of like, well, what can I do with my time on the screen that would be useful? Uh, That and my grandmother's birthday is in February and um, every, you know, after Christmas, after Christmas, my, uh, my focus shifts from christmas and um having to have spent some time with family it shifts to okay the rest of the year and the rest of the year will bring up my grandmother's birthday and what we're doing for my grandmother's birthday and how old she is and and then it's like oh my gosh grandma's getting older and we still don't know what happened to brian Mm -hmm. And it had also gotten to a point where my grandmother was finally willing to explore um, his, his disappearance. Um, In in years prior to that, it was just too upsetting to, to think about. She didn't want to dig into it and find, Horrible happened to him. She didn't want to know the details. And yeah, that's okay. that's what it came to. <laughs> All right. I,
0: I, and once again, I understand you you know, you have um aunts and uncles, and they have you have cousins, you know, they have children and everything else. Why you? What what was it about you that that you're working on this? And maybe someone, you know, maybe some other cousins are, and certainly we can give them credit, but I'm talking to you. Why do you think it was you?
1: Um, why me? I, I'm not really sure. My father has, a a research background. He, I would find him doing genealogy for the family and stuff like that. And that always interested me. And I was also doing genealogy at this time period. And, um, b- again, because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was. It just kind of rolled into it. Uh, it was a smooth transition because with genealogy, you're looking up records, you're going to libraries, um, you're trying to find digital copies of things, uh, you're talking to relatives. So it was. It was a um, a pretty easy transition to do the same in searching for Brian.
0: Right. I have to ask you this. How old were you when you became aware that there was a missing person in your family? Is this something like your family openly talked about or was this something you kind of had to find out on your own?
1: Right. So I don't remember exactly when I would have known about this, but over the years, several times I remember Going to my grandparents' house on Christmas Day and looking at their family picture above their uh, cabinet TV and counting the the children in the picture, and noticing that there was a guy there that I didn't recognize, and I had hadn't heard his name before. and um I, I knew that sometimes my other uncle, because he lived in various countries sometimes he was here sometimes he wasn't you know he would show up things like that um and but i was like who's that guy mm-hmm. you know one two three four what do you mean For grandma and grandpa only have four kids they don't have five who's that guy yeah
0: uh,
1: and then i would usually get the the elbow you know the you'd be quiet Um, and then it was, we'll, we'll talk about this later. And then I would find out later why we didn't want to talk about it. We didn't want to upset my.
0: Right. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Not unusual. I've covered many disappearances. In fact, a couple this year that are older, like this, going back to the 1970s where nobody talks about the missing person at all it's it's a you know you're in fact you're not supposed to talk about it you know maybe because it brings people down of course it depends on the circumstances and the person a lot of things there's a lot of variables there but it sometimes you know I think the general public thinks you have a missing person in family well that's all the people talk about it's not it's very much the opposite it's something that I've had to learn as well So, okay. Okay. So you got involved in 2021. You finally said, you know what, I think it's time. Right. Okay. And the listeners should know uh, that Amanda sent me a ton of information. I hope to make at least some of it available so people can see, uh, you know, some of the things certainly directly related to getting to know Brian better. Some of the things that were going on uh, at the time, of course, you sent me a lot of pictures of him. I think one of them is like a birthday party uh you know that comes to mind and so i, I hope to make that a, a, a lot of that available uh in our discussion group and on our facebook pay- or on the website uh when this uh, episode comes out so people can see it so you've accumulated a lot of information very quickly amanda so uh, i congratulate you on um being very efficient um, <laughs> you know, you, you, really the information you have you think it, you look at it and you know, that looks like somebody who's been working on it for 20 years, whereas you've put the g- together in a couple years. Very impressive. Okay, well, I, so.
1: I do, to, I do have to be honest and let you know that I have not worked on uh, this stuff in quite some time, actually. I did most of this work in t- 2021 mm-hmm. because there was time to, and I've hit oh. so many walls. Of of calling places and them, something called a retention um, time. Um, A lot of places have have a deadline of we only keep records for this amount of time.
0: Yeah.
1: So when I hear those words, (laughs) that's that somebody's just thrown up a wall and made either there's nowhere to go to get any more information, or this is going to involve going and looking through microfiche or microfilm, right. or this is gonna be going to an archival library in the um, city to look right. for these.
0: Things. Right, or Colorado, dare I say, maybe. Right, or,
1: or maybe. and sometimes it's even, okay well i have to get somebody on the phone and i don't know who and what department they're in to go and go to this warehouse and look for something which who's gonna do that yeah, right because <laughs> they're not related to me they don't care they're living their own lives they are so that's that's kind of I it's almost like a a lot of things have come to a dead end. And I've been waiting and trying to find more evidence or some kind of lead to follow. And um the reason that I slowly try to get onto podcasts or put more stuff out there is for more people to be aware of Brian and Brian's case. Um, so that I can get some type of tips or leads to follow.
0: Okay. Well, let's get into what these tips and the information actually is. And, the, you know, maybe then people will see why maybe here in 2023, you're running up against, you know, some going down some blind alleys and hitting some roadblocks and all sorts of cliches like that. What is the official story for Brian's disappearance? What is the official story? I'm not saying... There may be some reasons. Maybe you do not totally believe it, but the one that is on the record here in twenty twenty three, what is the official story of his disappearance?
1: I believe the one we'll go with is the one that's on Namus. Okay, please. That's, and,
0: that's a good. That's a good point. Yes, please.
1: Uh, I believe it says something along the lines of Brian was uh, a college student at UT who uh, took his car to Colorado. And that he broke down, went back to Houston. His grandmother was the last person, or his mother was the last person to see him, and she took him to a bus station. And that's pretty much the story.
0: Okay. So the way it reads, once again, we're getting into this, is that we already talked about he's going on this self guided tour of Colorado. We could visualize the way it says on name. As he gets up there, he has this Mar- Mazda RX2, breaks down somewhere. I don't know if those cars were prone to breaking down or not. I have no idea. But somewhere in Colorado, it breaks down. For some reason, he decides he needs the title. So somehow he comes from Colorado back to Texas. So we have to remember Texas and Colorado do not touch each other. So that's going like over Oklahoma. I'm, I'm here. I'm a geography professor now. And, um, Comes back there it, to get it's the going t- through the panhandle of
1: of Oklahoma. Oklahoma. It is very small. It's very
0: very narrow, but they <laughs> but don't touch. Get
1: back in one uh get back and one the northernmost point yeah. <laughs> of Texas to across the entire state to go That's to right. Houston.
0: Absolutely true. So he comes the whole way back somehow to Houston to get the title. His mother sees him. Your grandmother, who is still alive she sees him he says he needs to get this title and she drops him off at a bus station never to be seen again all right so there's no understanding did he make it back to colorado did he go to his and we're going to get to his apartment and all that thing but that is the official story as it sits here in 2023
1: mm-hmm. okay and i i do i do want to mention that um when I was young and I would ask the question, who is Brian? Where is Brian? And I would always get the story that, well, he went to Colorado. And then my next question is, well, where did he go in Colorado? We don't know. Okay. Well, did he come back? Yes, he came back. And then, <laughs> then it was, well, grandma took him to the bus station. Okay. Well, so did he go back to Austin? And everybody's like, I don't know. Okay. All right, that's
0: fine. So it very well may be that he went back to Colorado. Just I guess that seems like it was his plan. Didn't come back, you know, and that's why this is a disappearance. It very well may be something happened. It very well may be he went to Colorado and decided he was going to change his name. That's for every We don't do any theorizing here. But this is the official story. He was in Texas to get this title. The belief is he was going back to Colorado and then he goes missing okay that is the official story now i have to ask you something as best as you can tell how many people who knew brian well saw him in texas after his car broke down in colorado
1: i have uh, two
0: <laughs> all right uh, well,
1: okay let let me be uh let me get down to it i know that my grandmother and my great aunt saw him okay i'm not sure if my um my aunt which would have been brian's little sister saw him okay he you know she was little she's not sure if it was this trip or that trip yeah. that he came and visited that she saw him
0: Good point. and then
1: um they may have been an argument that my that my grandfather and brian had but we aren't sure if it was at this trip to houston or if it was a trip previous
0: that's that's very common and even for disappearances that are much more recent than this one people's minds everything starts to kind of all go together they remember that something happened but they can't remember a date even a week maybe sometimes not even a month it depends this is not unusual but i guess what we're saying is we're not just taking one person's word for this that it, that he was in houston around the time of his disappearance you're saying that your grandmother and your mother saw him
1: my grandmother and um his aunt
0: his aunt okay right and his so that would be his his youngest sister the the fifth of five.
1: Oh, that's my aunt
0: <laughs> okay all right okay all right, so, so let's do this my, so, again. So his mother saw him and who else saw him? Maybe we just need to use a first name here.
1: Uh, her her name would be Aunt Margaret.
0: Aunt Margaret. Okay, very good. So we have more than one person. We're not just going by one person's uh, story regarding all of this. All right, moving on. As best as you can tell, we realize these dates, are, we're just saying like kind of March of 1976. The work that you've done since 2021 what is the best date that you could ever narrow this down to?
1: The best date that the Austin, uh, cold case department has come down to, I believe okay. was March 9th. Okay. Uh, which is because we have newspaper from his apartment in his room. That no. was dated March 9th, and my gr- she dropped him off at the bus station.
0: Okay, very good. I, I just have to ask you this, being that you have all this information. Have you ever gone back? Is there a way to go back to 1976 and find out when spring break was for University of Texas? And what? And yes, you're, you're shaking your head for all the people who are just listening. She's nodding her head very vigorously. What was the, do you remember, can you tell us what was the dates for spring break that year?
1: Uh, I do have somewhere in my paperwork, the academic calendar that would tell me exactly when it was. I believe March 9th that year was actually, I can look at the newspaper I have in here. March 9th was Tuesday. So if that was a Tuesday, spring break would have been the next week okay and he, um from what i understand left like the weekend right before spring break so you know if, if you want to be very literal spring break is considered monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday yes. so then then there's the sunday before that then the saturday and then the yep. friday so he would have left maybe on the friday before that
0: okay but, all right, and we're gonna get to if that's it's seeming a little weird to people we're gonna get why that might seem that it is weird but we're gonna get to that in a moment all right so i guess what we're saying is the dates kind of line up if it's march 9th that kind of goes along it's not like spring break was like march 25th or, or he went missing on march 25th and spring break was on march 9th or something they're really really close
1: right and and the reason that we i even questioned why would I suppose I'm the one who figured out that it was spring break within my family, because in going through all of this, you're, you're going, okay, well, why suddenly would he just go, hey, I want to go to Colorado in the middle of school. Why would he all of a sudden do that? Mm -hmm. And then you go, okay, well, what holidays were around there? And in Texas, spring break is in March. So then I found out when spring break was exactly, and then I ended up being able to speak to his roommates, and his roommates then um, confirmed that that it was spring break, and that was the reason that he was leaving, was to go for spring break to Colorado.
0: All right, very good. That's really, see, this is how you do it, people. Listen to Amanda for all you people who, whether it's a disappearance in your family or not, this is how you do that kind of work. Nicely done. Okay, very good. Let's move on to this now. So just a question. So as best as we can tell then, we really don't know, if we're to believe this story, how Brian got from Colorado back to Texas. I guess there's only a couple ways. I guess bus, flu, hitchhike, we don't know.
1: Uh, I would say flying was not in the cards (laughs) all right (laughs) um I I would say it was either bus or hitchhiking
0: okay and either way that's going to take some time there's gonna be a lot of stops you might be able to drive it yourself back then I don't know how many hours but all you have to do is stop to get gas go to the bathroom and you can make it back but a bus has to go here it has to go there it stops there it's only going 50 miles an hour or whatever going to take a lot longer hitchhiking as well all right right moving on as best you can tell reminding everyone that amanda was not around back then but the best you can tell when did somebody realize something wasn't right if we're going to accept that it's march 9th, 1976 as best as you can tell when did his mother your father or the roommates or somebody else when did somebody realize you know what brian's not around
1: Okay so this was also part of the 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 digging and the research to match yeah. I'm trying to match up dates and things yeah, like that. Great. Fantastic. And then talking to his roommates it came down to his his roommates that the, that were the ones to to say hey we haven't seen Brian in a while and the reason that it came up is spring break ended. Spring break is a week long and school resumes after spring break ends well i i would assume that it kind of went like if you think about it functionally as a, a 20 year old person you're thinking okay well we haven't heard from brian in a while you know during spring break we're going back to school it's monday monday goes by he's not there but you know you're going to class your other roommates going to class and you're living your life and you're thinking, okay, well maybe again, there's no cell phones. You're thinking, well, maybe he's been here and we just missed him or maybe he's going to his classes. So Monday, Monday night comes by and, you know, maybe somebody's going to work. Maybe somebody else is not, but they're thinking, Oh, we haven't seen Brian today. And then the next day happens, happens the same way. I don't really know exactly what day they would have realized they had not seen Brian, but they, they say it wasn't too long after spring break ended that they were like, Hey, have you seen Brian? And that's when, you know, everybody goes, no, I haven't seen or heard from Brian. And so they picked up the phone and they called my grandparents.
0: All right. So they did the absolute right thing. And I guess maybe one of the other things that might have tipped them off if they're living with him and just missing him, no dishes or anything like it's been stated earlier, if him not taking care of his dishes or whatever. Maybe that was could have been an issue again. All right. So they're just not seeing him around. Nothing looks like it's being uh, moved when they're gone. You know, no kind right. of feeling that somebody, you know, there's a, like a pillow on the couch that's been moved or anything like that. Okay,
1: they they did mention that they had opened up the door to his room and, you know, looked around in it to see if anything looked like it was moved or, uh, you know, just basically what was the condition of his room. Um, And they didn't notice anything that was different or off other than it was messy.
0: (laughs) Right okay and once he on top of everything else they don't see his car out in the parking lot or or something like that haven't don't see his car which is also another sign that he's not around okay so they're very helpful i think the roommates did the best they could under the circumstances of course remembering this is 1976 there's no cell phones there's no social media there's no internet there's nothing uh how would you say
1: you year old guys by the way
0: right and (laughs) How would you say that your grandmother, grandfather reacted to this? The roommates call and, you know, what goes on at that point?
1: To be honest, I really don't know what went on. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was, all right, let's immediately call the police. I'm not really sure. And my grandmother, she's, hundred years old right. now and doesn't right. really remember exactly what happened at that point okay uh, i i do know that she said that she called the police and for since i remember having the courage to ask her uh, if she had made a missing persons report she says yes mm-hmm.
0: And we're gonna get to, and we're gonna get to that a little down the road. All right. So she said that when that happened, she knows her son's not back from spring break. She thought he was going back to Colorado to get his car or do something with the title with his car. But seemingly, then she must have been thinking, well, I guess he never made it back to Colorado or something.
1: Um, I would assume it was either he never made it back to Colorado or uh, he's still exploring because there was a there's a letter out there in somebody's stuff (laughs) either it's at my grand grandmother's now in her papers or it may still be in one of my aunt's um you know piles or boxes or whatever Mm -hmm. um but there's a letter somewhere that um we know about that he had sent my grandparents telling my grandparents that he wanted to go and find himself. My sister and I refer to this as the go find myself letter.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, okay. So Great.
1: so when, when they said we haven't seen Brian, uh, the roommate said, you know, Brian, had not been back from spring break. I believe my grandparents first reaction may have been okay. Well, maybe he's still out there trying to find himself. I'm not sure if they weren't worried about him returning to school or if they were like, well, why didn't he tell us? I'm not, I have no idea.
0: Okay. Very good. What is uh? you know, you said your mother had some sort of interaction more than your father did. Uh, Does she remember that time? Have you spoken to her? I recognize she is not actually a blood relative of Brian, but she was around, like you said, maybe you had seen him in the previous months Does she remember anything about this time, you know, after Brian went missing those, you know, like that end of March of 76?
1: Right. Um, So my mom doesn't remember a a lot from that time. Uh, They were having their own um, issues with um, uh, their restaurant. My parents owned a restaurant as well, and it was the 70s um, in Houston, and there was some gas crisis. Right. And on and on with that. So nice. my, my my parents, of course, were busy themselves, and they had a a, a child. And I believe my um, my mom may have been pregnant with my other. With no, no, she had two children at this point. Okay. Um, but um, the one who does remember a lot is my sister and i had asked her this actually a couple of days ago to refresh my memory mm-hmm. on her recollections and what she remembers is that uh it was easter around that time and she remembers that brian was not at easter
0: yeah
1: she remembers that she had her first communion i think uh which is a
0: catholic Catholic thing yeah i was raised catholic i know all about it yeah and
1: and i believe that she remembers that he didn't he wasn't there and that it was kind of unusual for for them not to hear from him but that's Mm -hmm. that was really
0: okay so i guess what we're saying here is everybody have their own lives to live it was not your mother's or your father's you know to be keeping in on brian he's not their child he's he's 20 years old you know they they want to be helpful but it's not their job to be watching over him in fact it's no at 20 years old it's nobody's job to be looking over him right right okay now eventually though people did go to the apartment and what was found there who went there what was found well,
1: let me backtrack a little bit on that because it must have been before that my grandparents had hired a um, a private detective or a private investigator. Okay. Um, and let me also preface the this that we're this is a college town at this point. It, Austin is, and there are a lot of apartments that when you you rent them for a semester. So at this point, it's March of the spring semester and the spring semester will end on June, which again, I have the exact dates um, looked up, but um, so it would have ended in June. So they would have vacated the apartment in June. So, At some point between March and June, a private investigator had come to Austin and spoken with one of their roommates, but for some reason didn't speak to the other one.
0: Hmm. Okay. All right. And you find that unusual? Was the other roommate just not around or what?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I find that unusual. I can't imagine he's looking for a somebody's paying me to look for a, a kid a 20 year old anybody you know mm-hmm. you speak yeah. to everyone you don't speak to just one person that they lived with
0: <laughs> well we'll just have to i don't know what the other room the roommate that didn't get spoken to was he not there uh you I mean, know did, is he otherwise uh, otherwise um taken up by something else i guess we just don't know
1: yeah like okay I said, he was uh, in class all day uh, i you know maybe he was at work but the private investigator only spoke to one roommate
0: okay uh, really the way my, my opinion of private investigators that doesn't surprise me at all even in 2023 but that's my life uh, i wouldn't expect a lot of other people to look at it that way but that's been my experience Uh, But so did the private investigator, did somebody in the family go over there and get Brian's stuff? What was there? What wasn't there? Uh, For example, did it look like he had gone back to his apartment when he came back from Colorado?
1: So when everybody uh, left for the summer and meaning they also took all of their stuff, my aunt remembers my grandparents, so my aunt and Brian's uh parents calling saying, Hey, can you go and get Brian's stuff from the apartment? My aunt remembers there not being anything else in the apartment, which would mean that everybody else had moved out,
0: okay? Makes
1: um, sense. and I I asked, like, how did you get the key? How did you get inside? She can't remember those details. Not surprising. Um, but they they went in his room and she said it was messy. It's a boys' a college boys' apartment. Kind of what you would expect. Mm -hmm. Um, as for what they found, they found all of his clothes, his bed.
0: Um most importantly did they actually find his wallet something did they find anything like a wallet that would be something that he would normally carry with him even of course for a guy in 2023 what was the, was a wallet that Brian could have been used could have been carrying found there
1: yes there was a wallet and i believe even a set of keys which i believe were actually uh from his old car nobody nobody has told me that i'm putting that together because in this box of stuff there is a key there and in inspection of this key it says toyota on it which was his previous vehicle
0: right okay but this wallet do you think i mean guys i don't but some guys have different wallets Uh, is this the wallet that you think Brian was using at the time? Was his ID in it? Was his driver's license in it? I I know there's a variety of things that were in it that you sent to me, and I don't think we need to get into that. All I think we need to establish, is this the wallet that Brian was using in March of 1976?
1: We do not know if it was the wallet that Brian was using in 1976, but there were things in it, and I believe there was an ID in it, but... Also, that wallet and that ID are not around anymore.
0: Do you think that's just through the sands of time or did they get turned over to the police or or what? Any
1: ideas? Yeah, no idea. Um, It could be that they just got shuffled in other things or maybe they were given to my grandfather and my grandfather put them somewhere safe and then... Somebody, you know, after my grandfather died, they um you know, cleaning out stuff, and they were like, "Wallet, you know, <laughs> right. what do we need this old wallet for not putting it together that it it may have been Brian's or things like mm-hmm. that
0: all right, so most importantly, remember the story is that Brian came back to Texas to get the car for his Mazda car title Car title for his Mazda was the title for that mazda ever found
1: don't know that either okay my grandmother doesn't know if he found it she just remembers him rummaging
0: around okay so we don't know if of course if the title is missing it would go into the idea that yes he did make it back and um that he did take it with him On the other hand, if the title was there, then we have to start thinking, well, maybe something else went on here, but the titles that we don't know what happened to the title for that car. No. Okay. Now there were some bus tickets that you sent me pictures of, but were there any bus tickets between Texas and Colorado? No. Okay. But there there was a bus ticket, but where was it was from something else?
1: Yes. There were uh, bus tickets from Houston. Uh, excuse me from austin to houston houston to austin and That's that would have been um uh, the last weekend in january first weekend in february before his disappearance
0: do you think there's any reason he was using a bus to get between these two locations given that he had a car
1: this car was a piece of art
0: <laughs> all right okay so he got a new car and wrecked that one. And so he ended to get another one. He got a, a POS.
1: Yes. Okay. So from my from his writings in 1975 in an English class, I suppose that they had to write a, a journal back and forth with the professor. And in his journal, he talks about this car. And he says it's a 1970, I believe it's 72 or 73 RX2. He bought it used, of course. And he mentions that he has to push like jumpstart it. And that he can't turn on the headlights and the radio at the same time.
0: Okay. All right. So. All right. So he's just so he wouldn't drive it between. I'm just uh, thinking out loud. He wouldn't drive it between Austin and Houston, but he will drive it to Colorado.
1: Right. I don't know if he had fixed it, like had been working on it and trying to fix it through these, you know, months between there. But yes, accurate.
0: (laughs) All right. So now we come to this. When did everybody find out that actually Brian wasn't in school anymore and that he had dropped out? When was that exposed?
1: That was exposed in uh, 2021.
0: So all these years, people thought he was still enrolled at the University of Texas, all these years for his disappearance, but it took you to come along to figure out that he wasn't. Yes. How did you do that?
1: Uh, I, I called the University of Texas.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> I started asking Sometimes it's just as easy questions. as that.
1: Well, I can't say it was easy. Um, I I will say that some people do have a little empathy for you, or even a lot of curiosity when you call them and say, hey, so I have a weird question, and they're going, "Hmm, how weird is this question? But when I say that I have an uncle that's been missing since 1976, and then I proceed to ask my questions, they're like, yeah, that's a weird question. I've never been asked that before. So they, they're usually then a little bit more curious to find out the answer for themselves, yeah, while still abiding by the FERPA laws.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, all right, so you found that out, and actually he dropped out right before spring break.
1: Yes, that date of March 9th that uh the newspaper left in his apartment or in his room in his apartment is the same day, uh, that they have down for his last day of class attendance.
0: Is it your impression that his roommates did not know that he had dropped out of school?
1: Correct. It is my impression that they did not know. In fact, I
0: asked them not. All right. And who was paying for his school? Was he paying for his own college or were his parents paying? my
1: grandfather was paying. Yes.
0: All right. And so he, and he dropped out
1: also paying for his um, his
0: apartment. All right. So Brian's getting his education paid for. A lot of kids do. I have to admit, I, that's how mine got paid by somebody else. And then Brian just goes up and quits, even though somebody else was paying for it. Right. Okay. Uh,
1: this also leads me to a couple of other thoughts that I I I'd just like to mention. Um, trying to figure out all these small little pieces and details, um, my, my thought was, okay, you're trying to figure out, did Brian disappear on purpose? Did he have, we're not going
0: to, we're not going to theorize. I just want oh. we, we don't want to, we don't want to get a theorize. We're just stating he quit school, took to find out to 2021. He wasn't paying for it though. Somebody else was. So it wasn't like he told his father who was paying for it. You know what i'm jump. i'm dropping out of school
1: exactly exactly because okay. we can't talk to my grandfather and ask those questions that you kind of have to follow uh as as me doing some research you have to follow somewhat of a theory to make it make sense eyes okay well if this then that or if this then that And, and the question was, did my grandfather continue to pay, um, to pay for school? Or did my grandfather continue to pay for his room in the, um, in the apartment? And the answer has to be, yes, he continued to pay because I also went and asked the the roommates, did y'all have to find another roommate? Why was his stuff allowed to stay there? And, uh, did y'all struggle because y'all couldn't have somebody come and vacate the room and um and and move in in his place and and yes the answer was my grandfather continued to pay expecting brian to come back
0: but what we're also saying is that wasn't a spring break for brian that was break forever brian right right Uh, it wasn't a spring break because he wasn't going back to school it was i'm leaving school
1: Well, it was, uh, as far as we thought, it was, he was just taking a break from school. Mm -hmm. And the reason we thought that was, for one, the letter that said that he wanted to take a break from school and go find himself. But also, uh, in the papers from the apartment, my aunt uh, found there's a... An ap- application to withdraw from school and it says that he plans to come back and attend summer school which would have started in June
0: okay all right so he dropped out but it took until 2021 to figure this all out okay so before he went missing he was technically not a student at the University of Texas anymore Okay, that's cool. moving on. We're just going to take all these letters kind of in a group. There's a lot of letters that Brian, he did a lot of writing and I want to concentrate on three of them in particular, because maybe these are things that are just for school. Maybe there's something real. What did the father? Um, we're not sure if these are real or just school assignments in general. What did the father letter say? We don't have to read it word for word but just kind of a general tone of it had to do with communication
1: right um uh, i would say that it involves um like you don't understand me <laughs> you don't understand me and i can't talk to you and you don't you don't know how to communicate with
0: me right and everybody should know we will post i will post this letter so everybody can see on unfound's website the unfoundpodcast.com so they can read it for themselves um but it was just communication it's there's like a bible verse and he references god it, i think in it and some other things but to be clear though we're not sure if this was some sort of school assignment or that it was something that he sent actually to his father it could have just been something he was assigned to do do we know either way
1: Uh, I, this, that particular letter, I believe he actually sent. And I believe that there was a, an envelope with that particular letter.
0: Okay. All right. So might see this as something being real, having a, you know, an issue with his father, does not mention his mother at all.
1: I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't think it does.
0: Okay. Moving on. So we have something that's something that was in Brian's mind in like the year before he went missing, you know, not being able to communicate with his father. It seems like it's something that was real. Now, the next one, though, it talks about him killing two people. Mm. Is this, once again, is this something that you, the work that you've been doing, something that is real? Or is this just an assignment? Or was he like working on he was going to write a novel? How do you look at that letter? And once again, this will be one that we'll be able to post so everybody can see it for themselves.
1: Um, and that letter, I believe he was writing to a specific girl that he may have been talking to.
0: Hmm. And he was telling that he actually killed two people.
1: Um. So... For for quite some time until I was able to to speak with somebody about this uh, um, this event, it, it was always a huge question mark. And I had gone and searched through uh, newspaper archives in Houston looking for uh, the killing of two people or mm-hmm. two people found dead and around this date and. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find anything, but I ended up talking to one of the, uh, a friend that Brian grew up with, but also went to UT, and he ran into, and um, I can't remember. They were at a party or something, and um, this friend remembered when I spoke to him that Brian told him he was at a quote. I'm quoting the guy, not this guy quoting. Brian, the the guy told me that, the he, that Brian said that he was at a discotheque in Houston and, um, he was going to the bathroom and two guys walked up behind him and, and grabbed him or attacked him. And Brian fought back. And, um, from this letter and, uh, the friend's recollection of the story i put together that this is the same night that he was arrested for driving on the wrong side of the road because he also goes on to say that he woke up um in jail mm-hmm. expecting to have gotten um a drunk in public or a uh, driving while intoxicated
0: all right so <laughs> one, once again He wrote to a girl telling saying that he killed two guys do we believe that or is that just a story
1: do we believe that he killed two guys no
0: okay moving on to the kim letter this is important because she lived in wyoming once again what is the tone of this letter
1: oh wait a second wait a second you added something we don't know that it's wyoming
0: we don't know all right go ahead please
1: We just know that it is a place called Cheyenne. (laughs) Okay. And um, what is the tone of this letter? The tone of this letter is that he's um, inferring. It sounds like he may want to go and visit this girl in Cheyenne. Mm -hmm. But she writes back and tells him, you're a great friend. I, you know, went on a couple of dates with other guys too. I really enjoy your friendship, but I'm dating this guy. And she mentions the guy's name. Um, And she goes on to talk about uh, what else she's doing at that time, which seemed to be summer.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, She mentions, uh, Some another female's name, so her name, the friend or sister, or however this person is related, her name is Karen. And um, she talks about uh, doing what you would call two a days for cheerleading. Yes. And uh, she says, Don't come and visit me in Cheyenne. I have a boyfriend named bill samuels and he wouldn't be happy with me talking to other guys
0: have you ever been able to track this woman down as a woman a a girl of course girl then you may be 18 or something woman now hopefully she's still alive do you have any idea who she is i
1: i do not have any idea who she is i have gone through well First step was okay. How many places do are called is a county named Cheyenne, sure right. a town named Cheyenne, uh, a, a mm-hmm. region named Cheyenne? If there was even like a a, a tribe or um tribal land area. Yep uh cheyenne but we do know that she was going to high school so uh, so i went through all of these uh, yearbooks in any town county whatever name for someone named bill samuels yeah, will i'm sorry
0: yeah, very common names. Unfortunately, right. both very common names. Bill, so,
1: yeah. Billy, oh. Bill, William. <laughs> um, and I found one. Um, and I ended up contacting her but was unable to get get through to her. My sister was so I would call, my sister would call <laughs> kind of thing because we have different schedules. So my sister ended up calling and speaking with her and this woman had no idea uh, who Brian was, didn't know the bill Samuels.
0: All right. So we don't know who she is, but it's important because Wyoming, I mean, Colorado, if you're driving from Texas to Wyoming, Colorado is on the way. So there's an idea maybe, you know, was he going to see her, her, even though she didn't want him to, because she had another guy in her life. This is why we brought up this letter. This is not the only letter that he got from a woman, but this is important because If we're to believe it's cheyenne wyoming maybe there's something there but we still don't know in 2023 who she is maybe this podcast will get out to the right person and she'll say i'm who that is that's why we do this all right
1: Right. i also want to mention that there are very few places named cheyenne that is true (laughs)
0: that's true too all right that's very good point right let's move on to this of course we can't forget this car not only is brian missing but we still have this car and so some questions Do we have any location, if we're to believe the story that he did go to Colorado, I'm not saying people shouldn't, but do we have the location of where the car was in Colorado? We do not. Okay. Did a car mechanic in Colorado ever, to your knowledge, ever call, leave a message for the roommates, reach any of the roommates, reach your grandparents, as far as to get paid for the work that was allegedly being done on the car in Colorado?
1: Yes. Uh so it's alleged that my uh that Brian left the car at a gas station uh that also had a mechanic that works uh, obviously on vehicles and that's uh, what what you have to also infer there is that why would he want the title for a car um you don't know. Right, we don't know, but if you're if you're thinking about why would somebody want a title it would be to sell the car sure. and so if he if he's wanting to sell the car it would also you know reason that he wants to sell the car because it needs too much work and he would rather just sell it and have yeah. the money Absolutely. than uh than pay for the work to be done so um so he leaves the car with the mechanic and uh, we don't know at what point this mechanic called, but somehow this mechanic ended up uh, getting a hold of my grandfather. Huh. And okay. again, I don't know how he got my grandparents' phone number. I don't know if he called the operator. I don't know if this is where I'll be. No idea. He calls my grandfather though and says hey your your son hasn't come back here i don't have or i need to get rid of this car and it's been broken into right i need the title
0: so so i guess what we're (laughs) saying is there is proof that brian drove to colorado and his car broke down being that somebody called You know, once again, if we really, really want to get suspicious, was this really a mechanic at all? But anyway, if we're to believe this, somebody somehow did reach uh, Brian's father and was asking about the car. Hey, I got this car here. What do you want me to do with it? Something like that. Right. All right. So the Colorado story, although maybe some people are going to believe maybe it was total crap. We have this guy calling. Maybe it's not. Okay. Was the car really ever located, though? To my knowledge, nobody
1: knows where. I would have had to imagine that my grandfather would have had to send this temporary title somewhere. He would have had to have the address. I agree. But my grandfather's dead and I have no uh, proof or address to say where in Colorado this was.
0: I guess what also sticks out to me is that, you know, Brian's missing. His car is, of course, missing. And then a mechanic out of nowhere calls and says, you know what? I have Brian's car. That there would have been a more of a concern about that, that maybe Brian's father would have said, don't you move a muscle? I'm going up there to get my son's car because he's missing. That didn't happen. Not to my knowledge. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, and Brian never suspe- specifically said where he was in Colorado. One, and I guess neither the mechanic did. Wasn't Denver, wasn't Durango, uh, wasn't Silverton. I'm only saying those names because I've been to those places in Colorado. Nothing like that.
1: I not. I don't know. <laughs> All right.
0: In Greeley, Colorado, I was there twice for a murder trial. All right, so no places mentioned, just some guy calling out of the blue. Uh, has anybody over the years from Colorado ever come forward To say that I know, I know Brian, uh he I like a a Colorado friend, like from Texas or going to the University of Texas, anything like that. No. No. She's shaking her head. No. Okay. Let's move on to this. Brian's journal. He kept a journal. Did did Uh, Brian keep did Brian keep a journal?
1: He he kept a journal with uh I, I suppose, with his professor <laughs> for his English professor.
0: Okay. okay. Um, have you gotten to take, of course, we've already talked about some of his writings, but overall, have you gotten to take a look at the whole body of work of Brian, the Brian writing did, for example, let's just go like 1975 into 76. Have you gotten a t- chance to take a look at the whole body of it? And we're not going to get into any specific, you know, private, private information, but you've gotten to look at it. Right okay anything in there about going to colorado
1: in 75 he mentions wanting to travel he mentions wanting to buy parts so that he can put a surfboard on top of his car
0: neat okay
1: of course you can't do any
0: surfing in colorado so maybe that opens up different possibilities there but okay that's right. All right. Okay.
1: You, you can do some surfing in, in Houston or, well, not Houston specifically, but on the coast of not Texas. Sure. But I have to say they're they're not great waves. No,
0: they're not. <laughs> I live on the Gulf too, I know, unless there's a hurricane coming. Okay. Right. So some talk about traveling, any talk in any of those writings about suicide? No. Any Self-harm or being depressed, anything like that?
1: Uh, I would say, yeah, there was some depressive symptoms. Um, maybe like existential questions. Who am I? What am I here for? Right. (laughs) And and at the same time, I don't think those are unusual questions for a 20 year old to ask.
0: (laughs) I agree. Um, I, I totally agree with you. That wouldn't be unusual in 2023 or back in 1923 so yeah
1: right but there there are some questions about wanting to improve himself and quit smoking pot and quit smoking Mm -hmm. cigarettes and okay like that okay
0: uh any talk about him running away and um starting a new life or wishing to live in hawaii or anything like that no did Brian in any of his writings or anything you've seen, of course you have a large body of pictures and letters and everything else. Did Brian ever proof Brian ever went by another name other than Brian Fargo? No, nope. always Brian Vargo. Okay. Now you've, we've talked about these roommates quite a bit. Once again, I think this is excellent work on your part. Please go ahead. You have I do
1: want to work. mention that I have thought and wondered if that ID in the wallet that was found
0: Mm -hmm. may have
1: and i've wondered if because you know i don't know if you know anything about fake ids don't know that much about them but sometimes they can have uh your picture with other people's name sure Uh, i'm thinking of a particular movie but but maybe they had there if what if there was a different name on there and it had his picture and now he goes by that name that's always made me okay <laughs> All right, but
0: still that's theory you know conjecture but anything that he actually wrote <laughs> down he never signed anything John Doe or Larry no. Smith or anything like that okay. no let's move on to this uh roommates you've spoken to them Talked about Brian being around two kind of shady guys that he had brought over to the, to their place. Why don't you talk, when did this happen? And what, you know, what was the, uh, what was the thinking on it?
1: Um, These two shady guys. So when I was asking the roommates about if Brian's behavior had changed or uh. If anything weird ever happened uh coming up to the months prior to his disappearance. Oh, very important. Um, these two guys that came over and stayed in the apartment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I asked how long do you remember when it was was it a few days or was it you know months before his disappearance or can you even remember if it was cold outside or hot outside yeah yeah. you know i'm just trying to jog their memory yeah and 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 what i got was it was at least in 1976 so it was after the holiday break
0: okay very close to his disappearance within a couple months
1: right and they were just two uh two guys that one of the roommates just remembers being kind of He just got a weird vibe from them he didn't really i'm trying to think of how to phrase
0: let let me ask maybe put it this way they didn't seem like college types they didn't seem like two other fellow students from the university of texas right okay and the
1: fact that they were also staying there for a, a, a night or two or whatever also leads one to believe that they must not been from the area
0: okay. did the did the roommates describe these two guys maybe you know anything white guys black guys hispanic guys asian guys tall short look like football players look like track runners anything like that
1: no they they did not um okay
0: okay all right
1: Sadie characters or cd characters something like that
0: okay anybody that uh in in this coming out that your mother your father could these have been friends from Houston from Brian's hometown of course these at least one of these guys actually was Brian's friend from high school as well but anybody in the Houston area maybe co-workers who worked at Safeway with him or or what any ideas
1: no, uh, uh, both of these guys that he were he was living with, and the guys that he like the group of friends yeah, that absolutely. hung around, they were all from the same high school, not necessarily known knowing each other in high school, but they, you know, still went to the same high school. So they would have known other people themselves. And this is a uh, a public school, so there they would have been kids in that area they didn't know these guys
0: very good okay and they, they the roommates the way this is the only time this one time the way the roommates are, and i realize this is almost 50 years ago they just remember this one specific time these guys came over yes and they can't remember brian ever saying their names are john smith and and larry brown they don't remember names anything
1: no basically right. when you ask specific questions like that it it's you know this is yeah this is like over 45 years ago i right
0: all right and i you know once again i you know i'm 52 years old i was alive in 1976 and i kind of remember 1976 but i'd only been six years old and things but you know maybe you know i got to think about like things in the 1980s when i was in my teens you know you get friends of friends you get introduced to them maybe you remember what they look like but can't remember their names or anything but okay very good all right, so we've got these two guys not sure what to make of that. Make me something. All uh, right, your impression since 1976, and we're going to get to the police report here in a moment, but what would you say generally until you came along in 2021, what was the general Vargo family attitude toward Brian's disappearance? And I'm not, you, you know, you don't want to say I'm not looking to create any family turmoil or anything, but what would you say the attitude toward Brian's disappearance has been?
1: just don't talk about it because we don't want to upset grandma
0: okay now it should be known though uh, a lot earlier in this conversation maybe an hour ago uh you had talked about how she said that she actually called it in but when you started looking into this you could not find a missing persons report ever filed for his disappearance correct correct and so when was the official missing persons report filed for the disappearance of brian vargo in march of 1976 when was it filed
1: it was filed in february of
0: 2021 um you your impression of that do you think this really is once again i realize she's 100 years years old i realize she's your grandmother do you think that she just really or the rest of your family just thought you know what we did that back in 1976 officially and it just or that's not really what happened, or do you think that the police dropped the ball? How do you look at it? You're the one that's been looking at this. What do you think?
1: I I believe that my grandmother really thought that she made a a missing persons report. Um, Back at that time, parents were very different than they are now. The, The father did all the well, did all the things and the mom took care of the kids at home. And, um, my grandmother was made to feel like I'll take, take care of everything. Mm -hmm. And then when it came to Brian's disappearance, it was, I'm taking care of everything. This is what my grandfather said to even my father, I'm taking care of it. Okay and and my grandmother wasn't and didn't really know what to do
0: right most people don't even in twi- hardly anybody does nobody ever thinks it's going to happen to them and, right. and uh, you when know when i could say please I'm when sorry, it does
1: there when the, when someone goes missing you think that you'll be prepared after after listening to podcasts and podcasts of true mm-hmm. crime you're yes. you gonna be like i know exactly what i'm gonna do but when yes. it happens it, it's a it's a flood of emotion yes. in yourself and what you could have done differently and where you may have failed or i should have called them the day before or things like that and that that's more of what it is than Okay. What do we do now?
0: Right. Okay. So caught it in, told the police, maybe they thought that was enough, maybe not. And then, but officially on the record, and I have to ask when the, the report was filed in 2021, uh, how did the Houston police or sheriff's office, whoever it is, how did they react having to file, you know, fill out paperwork for a disappearance from 1976?
1: They did not want to take it. In I'm fact, sure I did. called uh, to find a missing persons report because I wanted to make sure that there wasn't one already out there um, from uh, when my grandmother said that she had filed one. The first question I asked, of course, I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit. Uh, in when I said, okay, did you file a missing persons report? Who did you file it with? you know, she gives me all the information that she can remember of being in Houston. She called the HPD. So who's the first place I call? I called HPD. HPD said they didn't have one. So the next place I called was, okay, I go bigger, Harris County. Okay. Harris County doesn't have anything. Then I'm thinking, okay, well maybe she did it in Austin because he lived in Austin austin didn't have anything well he was a student at ut maybe the uh ut police have something on this right. uh they did not and then maybe i went even bigger travis county travis county did not have anything on it and then uh the texas department of public safety has uh, things like that they did not have anything on it so after finding after going through all of all those calls it was like okay how do i now um, how do I get somebody looking for him?
0: Right. Because
1: all of these years, nobody's known if they had found a body, if if there was an identified person out there, they have no way to match it to Brian because they don't even know Brian's missing.
0: Yep.
1: So I have to have uh I have to have Brian um declared a missing person. Well, nobody wants to take the missing person's report from 1976. No, they do not. Um, they're they're not. just basically adding another another case onto their stack. Instead of solving one, they're disappearing. You're,
0: one, right. You're absolutely right. Um, but they did. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's on the record now. Uh, but that that must have, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that one. I guess is what I'll, I'm saying.
1: I'll, I'll tell you, I climbed the ladder. Is what that what I did? I just started calling people above the next person, or in, until somebody said, "Okay, we'll take it." And even at that point, it was I finally talked to somebody, and they told somebody way down in the in in the ladder, "Hey, you need to call this lady back and take her report." So that's how that went. Okay. Um, I also have to mention that in order to have somebody registered on NamUs, you have to have a police entity yeah. um, have a missing persons report. And that right. that's where I, I was in a catch-22. And so when people or the police entities were telling me they didn't want to take it, I, it was like, well, what am I supposed to do? How do I get my uncle into the NamUs database as a missing person nationwide if nobody will take him as a missing
0: person? Right. And you can't get any DNA taken or anything either. That's right. Yeah. Uh, But I should have to ask, uh, has DNA been done? As like in who who was the who were who were the uh contributors? Uh,
1: I first want to say that I get the, this question a lot. um so let me hit it on both places. even before this, I had had my DNA in um uh, your genealogical twenty three yeah, and me yeah. heritage yeah. um GEDmatch open to. Um, police, yeah. um, and, you know, obviously nothing prior to that. But they couldn't take my DNA. I, I suppose I'm too far removed for them right. to triangulate quickly. Right. So they, uh, Austin PD, cold case uh, department was the one who finally took the missing persons report. And uh, they had a detective go or an investigator go and get uh, to another city actually my grandmother and my aunt's dna
0: back then uh at the time did anybody in your family suspect you know what maybe brian just ended up just staying around the houston or austin area That yes he went missing of course, they all roads lead to Colorado, but is there a chance that if you went missing, you actually went missing right there in Texas, like close to where his apartment was, close to where his parents live, And you know, what do you think?
1: Yes, of course. Uh, we've thought it was pretty easy to even keep your name back in the 70s and, yeah. and
0: disappear. Good point, Good point. Um, yeah. Yep. You didn't have to change names to disappear. You just go an hour away or for coast to coast or something and nobody would know.
1: There are even recent uh, missing persons cases where somebody's, you know, a couple hours away with their same name. Yeah. They're just not using their social security number. That's right. And i believe that was that case was in new york or something robert yeah. hoagland yeah and the only reason they caught or ended up finding this person is because he had a heart attack that's robert, and they that's, had robert him.
0: that's robert hoagland h-o-a-g-l-a-n-d if anybody wants to look it up absolutely true you know your disappearances man
1: <laughs> yes i do certainly true
0: yes certainly um, true yeah
1: so um yes absolutely we have thought about that um, and when the internet, when the internet first came a- around to a point where it was every, you know, readily available, it was in libraries, things like that. My father, when he was told what the internet was, he was like the first, he, I'm going to go look for my brother. Mm-hmm. He course. he told me that that was one of the first things he ever looked up was Brian Vargo, but, Brian but, Thomas but, Vargo and any combination of those things um to to obviously no avail um but it it is not like no one has looked for him right, and and right I'll even course. say that even today maybe a little creepy <laughs> but if I find somebody named Brian Vargo I send them a postcard of <laughs> Brian's picture yeah QR code so they can um so they can scan it and go directly to my Facebook page and yeah. find out who that who who this other Brian vargo is
0: yeah that's not yeah that's not creepy at all man <laughs> uh, How, so let's talk about you again we'll bring this back to you how has this affected you since you got involved in 2021 of course you known you knew about the disappearance for a long time you're in the family. But in 2021, maybe with the help of COVID coming on, you having ta- you know, time on your hands and everything else, this last two years, how is this search and putting all this information together and everything, how has this affected you as a person?
1: Um, as a person, I think I'm just more aware of, it makes me more em- empathetic towards other people and that you don't really know What's happening in someone else's life um, to either affect the way that they treat you or even what their past experience is?
0: Uh, I'm guessing that you never thought you'd be in this situation. Uh, let, Let me ask you this. You've known about Brian's disappearance for a long time. Could you ever foresee in twenty twenty-one that you would get this involved?
1: I I yes and no. <laughs> I say yes because I, I love I love a puzzle. I love I love research too, research yeah. and um the fact that nobody was doing it made it even more of like a, okay, well, maybe I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a big reason to, to try to figure it out is, is for my grandmother. Yeah. To have peace and knowing anything about him.
0: Right. Right. Uh, In, you know, in starting this, could you, um, you know, uh, fall back on anything, any other experiences you have in your life, your work, your education, or anything else to fall back on to help you kind of weave, you know, through all of this in the last couple of years? Or was this really just like, you know what, I'm using things in my brain that I've never done before. I have no experience in any of these areas. You know, wh- what about that?
1: All of the above <laughs> okay. All right. um, I, I have, I have ADHD. So I, uh, when I dive into something, I dive into it real hard. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm versed in a lot of things that just random things, <laughs> yeah. um, but I do have to say some of it touches on, on child development and psychology and those those are um have the interests of mine generally but also the law side of it i never thought that i had any interest in law politics for missing people or um the freedom of information act
0: yeah foia yeah
1: um FERPA which is uh, for it's basically the Privacy act for your student records okay um, mm-hmm. I mean those uh, those retention rates of drivers license <laughs> records or yeah. license plates if, if if license plates numbers are reused those are all things. How about the the bus routes? that were available in 1976, or um, businesses that were around 1976? Like, what kind of gas station was he dropped off at? What um, bus Uh, bus line did he take? Did he always take the same type of bus? Like the same bus company? Was it Greyhound? Well, the tickets that I have are for a different uh, um, company. Mm -hmm. And so then it's the laws in Colorado versus the laws in Texas or the Mm -hmm. laws in, in New Mexico. They're not all the same.
0: They're not.
1: Or uh, the NamUs thing do um, are all uh, all law, law enforcement entities required to enter someone into Nam the Namus database when they have a missing person okay. or when they have a, um, an unidentified person? No. no. What about blood type? do they take every missing or unidentified person's blood type or dna what did they do with the bodies back in 1976 (laughs) since they didn't know what dna was back then i mean those are all the things there's just so much
0: There's so much all right i agree i want to move on to this now um you should know and we don't talk about this really publicly too much on ever on because it can be a little divisive but sometimes many family members who appear on found they are the only person in the entire family working on this and in fact you know a lot of them although it's again we don't talk about it publicly actually get pushed back you know they're actually people in a family kind of work not working against but saying why are you dredging this all up can't you just let it go uh how has that been for you amanda
1: I, at first, I would say in the, the the first month when I really started calling around and getting into this, it was more of a warning. Are you sure that you want to do this? Uh, what if you find out this? What if you find out that? How are you going to take it? Are you going to be able to tell your grandmother? How is the family going to take it? things like that. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, no, there's from the family, there's been no, don't do this
0: from them. Excellent. Excellent. Do you have a website or Facebook page, anything like that set up for Brian's disappearance? If so, or other, you know, Instagram or TikTok or anything else, please tell the listeners and viewers about those sites right now
1: sure i do have an instagram i believe i have a TikTok and um a twitter account for brian they're not really um active so much they're more of just there's a profile and there's a video of me uh reading um reading the posted uh story okay and that that's really it it's just okay platforms for people to use just to find out the story but yes. each of those also direct uh direct you to the Facebook page that I keep updated I I can't maintain all these different platforms and still have my own my own life that's going on I know the so feeling. so I choose because this is not my full-time job yes,
0: <laughs>
1: um, although it would be cool it's not um uh so I just keep up to date the Facebook page and
0: and what is it, the Facebook page? What is the name of it?
1: Uh so it's searching with the number 4 so searching for Brian
0: Vargo. Okay. And you manage it, you start it. If there's any messages sent there, you are the one that's getting them. Yes. Okay. And how long did you set that up back in 2021 when you got this all started?
1: I did. Yes.
0: Okay, very good.
1: Okay. It was, it was a way for me to keep, um, uh, his friends and roommates or anybody that I made contact with, um, uh, they would all say, well, you know, keep me posted on what happens or what you find out. So that's how it started. And then again, because I would run into roadblocks, walls, whatever you want to call them. It was, it, it's because Um, more of a I need people knowing that we care that Brian's missing and then we haven't just been we haven't just forgot about him we want to know that he's out there and if you know he's out there or you know what happened to him we want to (laughs)
0: know all right Amanda any final words before we complete this interview
1: I'm sure that I'll think of something when I complete this interview or wake up in the middle of the night and say, oh, I should have said that. Or somebody mm-hmm. will call me and say, you didn't mention this.
0: No, um, I know that feeling <laughs> that too. Doing 300 uh, some interviews, I know that feeling too, yes.
1: So no, I, I can't really think of anything uh, at the moment, but to be honest, If there's anything that I think of, it'll be on my Facebook page.
0: Okay, and that's searching for, with a numerical for, Brian Vargo is the Facebook page. Just to remind everybody once again. And I, of course, link to it coming up to when this episode comes out. Amanda, thank you for joining all of us on this episode of Unfound.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. And that was my June 23rd 2023 interview with Amanda Watkamps, niece of Brian Vargo, to remind everyone her father and Brian were brothers. I thank Amanda for appearing on both audio and video for this episode. Before I get into my summation, I want to urge everyone to go to Unfound's website theunfoundpodcast.com to take a look at the letters discussed during the interview. They are there in pretty much their entirety. There is also a lot of other media, pictures, reports, etc. concerning Brian and his disappearance on the Brian Vargo page. Once again, at theunfoundpodcast.com. For Brian's disappearance, we can all certainly agree that a police report not being filed until 2021 is shocking. Especially given that Brian did not have some kind of transient lifestyle, which is usually associated with reports not being filed in a timely manner. Yet, I believe Amanda has it right when she says that her grandmother thought it was enough to just tell the police about Brian, that Brian's mother thought that would be enough for the paperwork to get started. Then she took for granted that the wheels were in motion. This makes all the sense in the world to me, especially given the era we're talking about the 1970s in 2023 this kind of thing would give me a lot more pause. But back then, I'm not surprised. Also, surely everybody not finding out until 2021 that Brian had dropped out of college in March 1976, right before he disappeared, is also shocking. Especially considering that Brian's father was paying for it. And seriously... This is spectacular work on Amanda's part. I'm just so impressed by the work she's done as an amateur on a case that is almost 50 years old. It's crazy good. Still, despite those recent unusual revelations, my mind continues to be focused on that car title. You know I never try to get any of you to think about a particular fact or whatever in a particular way. The guests answer the questions I ask, and it's up to you to decide if everything sounds kosher or not. But dare I say it, there's no way Brian traveled the whole way back from Colorado to Southeast Texas to get his card title when he could have had it mailed. Am I crazy in thinking that way? I don't think I am. I don't know what it means. I don't exactly know how it's connected to his disappearance, if at all. I don't know what happened to the title. I don't know what happened to the car itself. Although I bet Amanda will eventually find the answer to that. But the car title story Brian told his mother is something that should be doubted. Not to mention why would he need the title anyway. If you want to uh, spring out and uh, break away from my own thinking after this point, totally fine. But you should view the title story with skepticism. If you'd like to hear and read my deeper analysis of the disappearance of Brian Vargo, please go to patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast and read and listen to the unfound blog. And that's the program. Right now, while you are in your podcast platform, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, give Unfound a five-star review, a thumbs up, whatever that platform allows. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel and you've just finished this episode of Unfound.